Strategic Healthcare Partners, founded by principals John Crew and Mike Scribner, operates from offices in Savannah and Atlanta. Our diverse team prioritizes clients, ensuring we fully understand their needs. As your business partner, we are an extension of your professional identity. SHP tailors services to your individual needs, offering flexible pricing structures. From IPA management to financial analysis, we're here to empower your organization. Visit shpllc.com for details. Welcome to Beyond the Stethoscope, Vital Conversations with SHP. I'm Aaron Higgins. On today's episode, Jason shares about a recent study showing that telehealth is here to stay, and I talk about the growing attitude in Washington about mandating cybersecurity in healthcare. Then Jason sits down with Troy Reichert, the Chief Revenue Officer of Coral, where he oversees all business development strategies working with advisors, medical providers, and industry leaders to expand the adoption and utilization of self-funded medical plans and direct provider relationships. An evangelist for free market healthcare, fair and transparent pricing, and choice for employers, employees, and individuals. Are you ready for this vital conversation? Let's get going. Well, hey there, Jason. Morning, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Uh, Just fine. Thank you. You got some headlines for me today? I do. Let's continue the trend of telehealth, but this time... The Chartist Group came out with a pretty substantial study done over 400 million claims between 2020 and 2022. Key findings showed that pre-pandemic outpatient visits accounted for 1% of all telehealth activity. Currently, we've stabilized, and that's the key word here, at 10%. And so it shows a substantial jump, but also stabilization of outpatient visits. Now, it's broken down, which is also helpful by age groups, geography, and that sort of thing. Not surprisingly, ages 18 to 44, big age group, but still 15% of their outpatient visits were done by telehealth, 65 and older, 5%. From a geography basis around the country, it's all over the place. The highest was Hawaii at 22%, so pretty substantial. California at 20, DC at 19. On the other end, The lowest was 4% by Iowa, 5% by Nebraska, the Dakotas, and then 6% by several other states. So age-wise, geography-wise, it's all over the place. By specialty, behavioral health is up to 57%. Pretty dang high, right? Primary care is still about 10. And then the other specialties, I was surprised, neurology is at 14, GI 11, and pulmonology at 8. One last point that I found interesting that was uh, very helpful is payment parity policy. Say that 10 times fast. States that have those, which there are 21 of them, had much higher outpatient visit rates via telehealth than those without. So there's a correlation there, obviously, in the reimbursement mechanism. So very insightful, 400 claims worth of data to look into on the telehealth side. More to come on what that means from virtual care. So that's mine today. What, What you got? I I have one that's not really – it's one of those instances where it's a headline of a non-news item uh, that could be potentially a news item. And and, and to your theme, we're going to tie it back into something else we've talked about, and that's cybersecurity in healthcare. 
So uh, the office of Senator Mark Warner uh, just about a week ago uh, released an outline of his proposed law or what he would like to see a law be in regards to tying cybersecurity to Medicare payments. And why this is a headline is because this is this is a sign of things to come and falls really in line of everything we've been seeing. We've seen these cybersecurity attacks. The Biden administration has said, hey, uh, HHS, we need you to draft some rules regarding how tough cybersecurity should be and what are the standards that we should have. So the fact that Congress is looking at stepping in and actually creating a law around it is is not surprising. This is definitely the attitude that we're seeing in Washington, D.C. right now. And the argument that Senator Warner makes, uh, he's a Democrat from Virginia. He He's arguing that, hey, we have standards regarding emergency and standby power systems for hospitals and hospital acquired infections. And if you don't do these things and demonstrate that you're doing them, we don't let you participate in Medicare. Well, it, so that that's kind of the vein of thinking that they're in is that cybersecurity shouldn't be a secondary concern. It should be a primary concern, just like these other threats. You know, these other threats have killed people. Well, so has cybersecurity attacks. Uh, we, we actually have a body count for cybersecurity attacks. So I, I agree with him. This is the way D.C.'s thinking. So I, I think hospital administrators and practice administrators, anyone who participates in Medicare may find themselves within the next couple of years having a legal requirement to step up their cybersecurity. Kind of ties in with the cybersecurity insurance and all that good stuff we've been talking of late. All right. Some good stuff there today. Yeah. And we're going to put a link to this in the show notes. Uh, Senator Mark Warner, uh, it's a very detailed document and he's soliciting feedback on it uh, through the end of the month. That's November 30th, 2022. Uh, so check it out, read through it. It's a very easy to read document. It's not technical in nature. It's it's written for the average person. So uh, link in the show notes. I encourage you to go take a look at it. So Jason, uh, what interview do we have today? Yeah, today's with Troy Reichert. He's a chief revenue officer over at the Coral Platform. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about direct contracting in the marketplace. We've, we've interacted with Coral uh, over several practices before. So really good conversation about what bundling is doing and trends he's seeing and how their platform could help be a solution. So good conversation with Troy. And uh, looking forward to it. We'll catch you all later. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, I'm Jason Crosby of Strategic Healthcare Partners and your host. Today we are joined by Troy Reichert, Chief Revenue Officer and Vice President with Coral, a direct contract marketplace and referral platform that connects providers to those seeking their services. Troy, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jason. And for our audience, some background on how we're familiar with Coral and somewhat of a disclaimer perhaps. We came across Coral while working with a clinically integrated network client in the Indiana market who we were assisting with uh, rolling out a, a bundling strategy. And, and during that time, we in the practices found the platform very user friendly and just another mechanism that allowed the provider to interact and engage with the market. And so that's how we came and crossed paths probably a few years ago, I'd say now. But with that, let's let's jump right in to the conversation, Troy. As we get started, tell us more, some background about Coral and the problem that you guys are trying to solve. 
Yes, absolutely. So uh, Coral actually started about six years ago, and it was the result of a conversation between a very well-known surgeon and a TPA. They were literally two miles apart. They were doing tons of business in terms of direct contracting together. But the challenge they had was literally the communication. So they were phone, fax, and email, like so many doctors' offices and surgery centers are doing. And they were having trouble, literally, how do we handle the volume? And out of that birth coral, where you know the founder of our company, Greg Smith, said, I can solve that problem with technology. And so literally, coral is the communication platform between what we call payers and providers to help remove the transactional friction and make it easy for everybody to do business together. Very good. Makes sense. Makes sense. So who, as you mentioned on the provider side, who would you say is the ideal target? Who, who's that end user typically of the platform? Certainly we started with surgery centers, independent surgery centers uh, are the core of you know the provider base. Today, six years later, Coral has, if you think about sort of the boundary conditions of primary care on the left and emergency care on the right, everything in between those two points is what sits on Coral now. So we have uh, labs and radiology at the beginning of an episode of care, all the way through all the specialists and ending with uh, physical therapy and everything in between, including behavioral health. So all of that is on Coral, and the key for all of these providers is that, number one, they understand their costs. Number two, they want to offer a guaranteed price for a specific service. So they don't have any mindset of a, a charge master. They are basically what we consider cost plus. They understand their cost. They have to add some margin to be profitable, and that then becomes the price that they charge to our clients. What do you typically see given that breakdown there? What are you seeing mostly in that client base of yours in terms of that knowledge to get up and going, whether it's knowledge of the charge master versus cost plus? What's what's some generic benchmark around that from what you're seeing? Well, certainly these uh, doctors and the surgeons and the surgery centers, they have to know their business. These are very smart people, not only from a medical standpoint, but from a business standpoint. You can't give someone a price without knowing what your cost is. And so these doctors, these surgery centers, they know what their cost of doing business is. When they do a you know gallbladder surgery, they know it's X dollars to do that, to actually open their doors, pay for all the personnel, pay for the all the you know pieces that they need, and have a margin on there. When they do a total knee replacement, they know the same thing. So number one, these doctors, these surgeons, these surgery centers understand their costs. Uh, Becker's Hospital Review says that nine out of 10 hospital CEOs and CFOs don't know their cost of doing business. That's why literally they have to hide behind the charge master because there's so much fluff in there that they, that's how they do it. My surgeons, my surgery centers, my hospitals, they understand their costs. And they can give me a price above that, which makes them profitable, but at the same time, saving the plan money, saving the employee money, and paying the doctors more. How that works, we call it the triple play, but it does. Fantastic. Well, there's obviously a 
a, a knowledge gain there with the platform on behalf of the provider and ultimately the patient. You mentioned earlier about the relationships and how that was a big reason how Coralive got started. And obviously, building relationships in, in today's healthcare industries can be an issue. So what have you seen so far and how the platform and just the process behind Coral has allowed relationships and communication to improve between providers? You mentioned the spectrum there between primary care and specialist, or whether it's between provider and employer, provider, payer, et cetera. Speak to that for a moment. Absolutely, Jason. And I think that's literally one of the biggest issues uh, that we face in healthcare today is that word that you just re- use relationships. We have a middleman in the healthcare business that is literally controlling both sides of the relationship. And my goal with direct contracts is to literally move out that third party, get out that middleman out of the way so that the payers and the providers can contract business together, can conduct business together. When you have a direct relationship with somebody, you have a different relationship. You have literally a different set of circumstances, agreements, understandings, assumptions that you are now doing business together. When you put in a third party, when you put in a middleman in the middle of all that, it's the middleman that filters everything. It's the middleman that controls both sides. And that's not good for healthcare. We need to put the doctors back in charge of medicine. We need to put the payers back in charge of, you know, that relationship, what they're going to pay and knowing what they're going to pay. So it just elevates that relationship to a whole new status where it should be so that people can talk to each other, the doctors, the payers and the providers uh, and the, the patients all are on the same wavelength. They're on the same understanding. They have the same incentives. That's another part, the perverse incentives that are in healthcare today. Um, we're taking out those perverse incentives uh, in a direct relationship. Let's keep going on that path. So we talked about direct contracting. We were familiar with you guys was along some some bundling models, you know, that were being rolled out. Let's let's step back for a second and and kind of talk to what those things are specifically. What's it what's it look like in today's world? You know, if you want to talk about what's a bundled surgical procedure look like and maybe educate our audience a little bit for those that aren't familiar with that. Yes, absolutely. Every day we're working with bundles. Every one of us, whether we go to a fast food restaurant and order, you know, the Happy Meal, the the Big Mac deal, or we get our uh, bundled services from our cable provider that include cable, uh, internet, and phone. It's a bundle. A bundle creates efficiencies. And in the same way with healthcare, when we put together a bundle in healthcare, it creates efficiency. So a bundle in the surgical sense is the surgeon, the facility, and the anesthesiologist. At the minimum, it requires that those three pieces are the same. Well, any of us that have ever gone to have a medical procedure done, a surgery, we know what happens. We have it done. We don't know the price. And, you know, three weeks, five weeks, six weeks later, we start getting all these EOBs, all these explanation of benefits. And every one of them says it was very expensive. And guess what? We owe money to every one of them. In my world with a bundle, 
the patient gets one EOB, and ex unless it's an, uh, an HSA plan, at the bottom it says you owe zero because the members are given the incentive of the zero out of pocket. And so because of the bundle, because of the cost savings, because of the efficiencies, we're able to actually give them the better care, the direct relationship at a lower price. The plans, and our, our primary customer is the self-funded medical plans, uh, but the plans are saving money. They're sharing a portion of that savings with the member in terms of zero out-of-pocket. So that's why we say, you know, the, the plan wins because it's, it's paying out less money, why the patient wins because they're zero out-of-pocket. And again, because of the financial construct of the bundle, the doctors, the surgeons are actually making more money uh, than they would in other uh, fee-for-service models. Fantastic. Okay, now let's drill in a little bit here. You guys have a pretty expansive client base. Talk talk about that for a moment. And then as far as the types of clients you have, specialties, ASCs, et cetera, you know, maybe geographically, what, what the typical ideal client, let's get a little bit granular there, because I want to also hear about some success stories. Because as you mentioned, it's a, it's a platform that helps tie in relationships it expands on knowledge base of cost containment type initiative. Yeah, so we have providers uh, in 49 states. We don't have any providers in Hawaii, but we've got providers in every state. Uh, and again, they're all the specialists that you uh, that I described before. And so these specialists are looking for uh, access in some respects to a different type of patient. My patients are three types of patients. They're self-funded medical plans and their indemnity medical plans, and the third one, their costs or the, uh, the sharing ministries, the sharing organizations. Those are the three customers that are the payers on the system. So inside of Coral, it's the payers and the providers that come together. Uh, and again, uh, in the, uh, all over the country, we have providers. Uh, we have over 10 million lives that are on the system have access to Coral. Uh, done by 85 TPAs. Uh, all the major uh, med management companies, nurse navigator companies use Coral. So we're trying to give the patients access to a new type, a new breed, if you will, of provider who has said, I've got your best interest in mind and I'm going to give you a fair and transparent price. That's the model. That's a, a pretty expensive client base, obviously, to, to tap into. What are you seeing are the, as a practice comes to core for help, what is oftentimes the reason they're specifying why you're there? And then subsequently, what's that implementation look like? Once, once they acknowledge that, okay, this platform can help us with the reasons we probably have already discussed, what's that look like on their end in a typical you know, practice or ASC setting? Yes. And certainly, you know, the ASCs and the doctors, the surgeons, they're coming to core for a variety of reasons and motives. But we're finding one of the most important ones is, again, that relationship. As you watch the hospital systems buying up and owning the doctors, you see PE money coming into the industry. As you see what control the Bucas, Blue Cross, United, Aetna, Cigna, uh, Humana are having over the doctors, they are looking for options. They're looking for a change that they can be in control of. And literally direct contracts is that option for them. And so 
as an alternative, they want to be in relationship with independent TPAs, with corporations, uh, with that you know 50-man plumbing group, so that they know that they're going to see their patients. And so the providers are looking for, again, that different type of relationship where they have a lot more control. Secondly, it's very easy for these providers uh, to come online to Coral. Uh, the Coral platform, if, if an uh, individual can work inside of email, they can literally work inside of Coral. That's how simple it is. Again, we have tried to make this system so easy, so um, uh, user-friendly that anybody in their office can use it. Typically in the office, in the doctor's office, in the practice, in the surgery center, it's the scheduling person that uses Coral and it's the billing person that uses Coral. And we understand there's a lot of changeover at the receptionist desk, at the scheduling desk. So again, Coral has to be easy. In terms of the billing desk, I'll share a great story. Uh, one of our highest volume surgery center, uh, before Coral, they were doing about 300 uh, direct uh, contract procedures a month. Uh, today, they're doing over 800 a month. Before Coral, they had three people working full-time, managing all their direct contracts or managing those episodes of care. Today, that same surgery center, again, over double, over 800 procedures every month. They've got one person working three hours a week. That's the efficiency that Coral brings to a provider. And so if a provider wants to get into the direct contract business, they can literally manage that inside of Coral it's very easy, and they're in control of everything. They're in control of their bundle. They're in control of their components. They're in control of their price. When you get a network contract laid in front of you as a provider, there's two things in there that's in their contract that's not in mine. It's called time, and it's called money. My contract has no time limit, so if they are fed up, don't see the value, don't want to do it, they can get off tomorrow. If they have a for an orthopedic surgeon, if they have a striker increase uh, for a knee implant, they can change that bundle in the in the system today, and that's the new price tomorrow. So they have ultimate control over their bundles and in in essence over who they want to do business with. Fantastic. Well, you you certainly uh, provide some really good, applicable, informative insight into the practice there. For the folks that are listening, if they want to find out more, how can they find out? So, sure, we have a website, coral.io. Uh, so, we love to uh, talk to people. We love to show it. We can do a demo in about 15 minutes of the platform. And literally, we show you the communication process between the payers and the providers, how that works, how that looks. Uh, we have about 400 navigators, either inside of the TPA, inside the indemnity plan, or in the med management companies that work to literally steer and feed patients into these surgery centers and into these specialists. So, uh, but again, we show that in a demo and that relationship uh, between the two and how it works. I really appreciate your time and, and joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jason. Thank you, listeners, for your time. We look forward to our next podcast. And until then, have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to Beyond the Stethoscope, Vital Conversations with SHP. This has been a production of Strategic Healthcare Partners. Your news hosts today were Jason Crosby and me, Aaron Higgins. It is produced and edited by Nyla Weave. Our social media content producers are Nyla Weave and Jeremy Miller. And our executive producers are Mike Scribner and John Crew. 
For more information about SHB and the services we offer, including the back library of episodes, episode transcripts, links to resources discussed, and much, much more, please visit our website at shpllc.com. Thanks for listening. Analytics. Lacking the tandem of actionable reporting with expert analysis? Not confident in the knowledge of your reporting system? SHP's expert analysts transform data from your EMR system into actionable insights. Understand your facility's performance, control outcomes, and enhance patient experience. As payment models shift to value-based care, our guidance can improve your bottom line. Visit shpllc.com for details.